You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On the Run, the Rums of W. Martinez. It is, uh, you know, it, it, it's great to be able to merge a lot of things that I want to talk about onto the show. About a year ago, I said, fuck it, we're just going to do what we want. And uh, we've been doing that since. And I thought back in December when we started having some folks from the jiu-jitsu community in the Milwaukee area on the show, I was wondering, will people even like this? Will people even resonate with it? You know, I'm Husky Puerto Rican Joe Rogan light. Will people think that it's interesting? And I've always found it to be fun, especially when you can network different areas of your life together to put cool shit together. And we've got a cool show for you today. We've got Playboy G, Gary Conkle. Gary, uh, we didn't actually get to speak and meet up. I don't think we even rolled or anything at the Hika Machado seminar at Nova, but somehow we got connected through Instagram. And I haven't seen you fight yet, but dude, your shit's entertaining, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, September 16th, if uh, you're following LFA, you can watch me fight live on their uh, fight page. So That's that's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. And folks, I'll go ahead and link to that in the show notes. Gary, well, let's just go ahead and jump into it, man. When, when, did, when did the passion for fighting begin? Because just looking at you, you're like the stereotypical MMA fighter. And I say uh, that in all the positive ways. Absolutely, man. I'm a fucking warrior. Blood in, blood out. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, very tough, hardworking upbringing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of my buddies got to you know be with other friends on the weekends and go out and have fun drinking this and that. I literally grew up working my ass off every single day with my dad. If anybody knows what scrap and steel is like, uh, man, I would have twelve hour days in my summer scrap and steel. Um, nothing but hard work growing up. All right. So as soon as I uh, turn eight. Uh, a week before I turned 18, I moved in with my aunt and uncle and uh, graduate while living with them. And uh, they, for whatever reason, uh, they threw a phone book at me and said, why don't you find a gym near near here and uh, get started? I started a while ago. It was like I was just 18. Uh, 
my first summer job through being, you know, being on my own. Um, with winter coming up, I couldn't afford that gym membership. So I was only at a gym for about six months. Uh, started working my ass off again, uh, doing a tree service for Aspen Tree Service. Um, big worldwide company cutting down trees, you know, living the fucking dream. Um, my uncle hits me up and says, uh, I got a guy I work with. You need somebody to beat up. I was like, for whatever reason, I thought I was the man for that job. Uh, that was, I was about 20 years old then. And from that moment on, when I stepped into the gym for whatever fucking reason possessed, you know, the universe, whatever it may be, I said, I love this shit and I want to be the best at it. And from that moment on, I've been nothing besides dedicated to this sport. Um, and, the. Uh, the lifestyle of nothing but uh, self-improvement just every single day. My goal is just to be better than I was when I woke up as my, as my own goal. I'm a fighter. So the fights just come and go. Um, and I, I, you know, I love putting on a show, but I feel, you know, it's some, something inside of me, man, I feel like I was truly born for this. And since that, since my uncle hit me back up and, and got put me in that gym like the fire has just been lit and just i'm just adding fuel to that fire every single day and i truly like i said i believe believe i'm a warrior i i started this career of mine and but you know before it was just a passion it was a hobby i mean because if you're still working 10 hours and that's paying your bills like then then you it, you can't say this is a career since then, I've literally turned my life into this is all I do 24-7. I wake up, I watch film, I study, I I get better mentally, um, whether I'm listening to stoic affirmations, stuff like that. I'm just constantly, you know, developing as a fighter, as a as a warrior in life. Um, I teach mixed martial arts to kids. I teach it to adults and I teach jujitsu once a week as well. And that's paying my bills. Um, I'm doing one-on-one. So it's like, I literally now can say I have a career in fighting and this is all I do because I don't do anything else. Every single day I wake up and it's, it's the fighter life, man. It's only getting better. That's yeah. I, I was about to say, whenever I'm scrolling through my feed, it's like, you know, a couple random videos. And next thing I see one of you hitting bags or hitting mats of somebody, it, it's, it seems like you're there all the time. And now that definitely makes sense. I, I'm curious, where was the pivot point between it being just a passion and you eventually deciding, you know what, this is just where I want to be all day, every day. Um, well, I mean, I knew, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And, but with circumstances in life, like you you go from having, you know, I was raised like just hard work. That's just, that's what you do. You just get to the top. So like me breaking free from that, wanting to do anything different besides a fucking factory job, construction, masonry, cutting down trees. I've done it all. Landscaping, everything, you name it. That's a labor job. I've done it. Um, while doing those, I was also pouring my heart and soul into this, realizing every time I'd wake up, like, man, I, I can't wait till I don't have to fucking come to do this shit. This is somebody else's dream. This is not mine. I'm only doing this shit because it's it's paying my fucking bills. Um, COVID fucking hit, you know. I got, um, I was at a job working at a cheese factory, and I got wrongfully fired. Um there, there was this couple there that was like going through their breakups and shit like that. I didn't, I had nothing to do with that. I don't pay attention to that. 
uh, one of the chicks so wanted to, you know. So, okay. so I hit that. Okay. Yeah, I smash that shit. Do, do, hey, Playboy G, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know? Okay. Fucking dude finds out because he finds my address in her phone. And yeah, so he, he goes to the job crying, blah, blah, blah. They end up letting me go. I'm like, dude, you ask any of my supervisors, bro. I was the hardest worker in this cheese factory. They let me go for this. I'm like, hey, it was a good paying job, man. I was making like 20 bucks an hour. Like just, I mean, I was working eight to 10 hours. I would go to the gym beforehand and I would have my buddy pick me up at the gym and then he would drop me back off and I'd be at the gym for another three hours. I was still putting in four hours of work while working eight hours or 10 hours on somebody else's dream. So when the job lets me go over some stupid shit like that, you know, I mean, I thought it was stupid because what I do on the outside has nothing, you know, has nothing to do with the, the, who I am on the inside of that job, man. It's like that. It, dude, it was, it was a decision point. You can go back into another environment where that could potentially happen again, yep. or you could double down on yourself. Yep. And then as soon as that happened, as soon as they let me go, fucking COVID hit. So I, I had just gotten put on uh, unemployment because, you know, they fired me for no fucking reason. And they knew that they just like, they, they, that guy had so much family inside that plant. I didn't even realize, bro, I'm just coming here doing my job and the best I could possibly be. Um, he had so much family there. He went to the office crying with the, like his mom, his aunt, his grandma, all at the same time, like, Oh, we got to let him go. So they ended up letting me go. So got put on this unemployment. So when fucking COVID hit and now they're doubling down on me, like throwing extra 600 a week at me for no fucking reason. I'm like, I'm going to take that shit. And I just saved up. Um, I just saved up. There's nothing else you could do. Um, plus I'm not, I don't really spend much money. I just invest in myself. Um, so I saved up my roommate that I'm with right now. I met him. He's in, we're in Milwaukee now. I was at in lacrosse at the time uh, while COVID hit. What what were the and, locked uh, what were the lockdowns like there? Because I, I've only been in the area for about do, a year. I came at from first, Washington, it was like uh, no gatherings of this many people. Then it was like nothing, nothing for like two months. You couldn't do anything for like two months. And during that time is when I'm just saving up money. And all of a sudden, uh, my roommate now ended up hitting me up. I met him like six years before at a job out in fucking Sturms. I was a forklift driver and uh, just, you know, just great energy. It's like one of those people, it's like, no, never about no bullshit, no nothing. It was just always positive vibes. Anytime we linked up, I'm a, I'm an energy person, you know? So it's like, I attract other good energy and like that kind of energy I want around me. So obviously we just hit it off. We were, you know, best of friends at the job and we worked a lot of days together until, until I got let go of that job. <laughs> So get uh, get let go of that job and uh, dirty piss. I like I, I like the smoke and it's like, dude, I was I planned it right. I was supposed to, you know, like piss clean, but I didn't have enough of that, you know, fake piss. So whatever, everything happens for a reason, right? Everything uh, does. <laughs> dude, if, if, if I would have pissed clean, I could have fucking stayed at that job, still be working at that job, worked my way up in that factory. You never fucking know. I could have got too comfortable. I'm okay with that. Everything happens for a reason. Um, so 
we me and him stayed in contact um out in lacrosse all of a sudden he calls me up he's like hey man i knew you i know you're looking to move to a bigger city to pursue your dreams um california was an option for me i had a buddy out in california still do um but this is knocking on my door he's like ah my roommate is just moving out um what do you uh, you know what is your circumstance i'm like well when can i move in he said (laughs) in a month i'm like i'm there i already scheduled the u-haul the minute i'm off the phone with them stuff you know getting it all set up and since I've been out here in Milwaukee, now I've been out here two and a half years. Um, everything like I've I've literally built a network of people around me, a team, a group of supporters, um, the the best I've ever had. Um, and this this was kind of the the turning point of the turning point of like, okay, this is your career right now. Um, this is you know every now now it's like every waking moment of my day is invested into this um no more working for somebody else's dream just working for mine so when did when did the shift from there go from getting to do this every day getting to be a teacher and a coach to other people to your path to eventually becoming a professional fighter how how does that typically look for people who don't understand did you have to take some amateur fights in the area did you pursue an agent or something how does that work yeah so um i mean i I was when I started doing this, it was still in like the 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 beginning of MMA. You know, Conor McGregor was just getting big. Like it it hadn't gone fucking as it hasn't blown up like it was. So back when I started, um, my my instructor was like only a blue belt in jujitsu. You know, so it's like that. That's that's your second belt for those that don't know. Um, so the level wasn't really there. You know. Um, I was fighting, I had 24 amateur fights, like, which is, which is a lot. Like some people now will go like six and one and they'll go pro or, or seven and two and go pro or seven. And is it about how pro. many you do or how many you get seen doing by the right people? Um, honestly, that's the thing about MMA. You can literally go pro whenever you want. You sign a contract. That is it. The only difference, like I could go, some people that have like elite level wrestling, I mean, like we're talking about some of the greatest wrestlers, you know, like they're just, they've already put 12 to 15 years in and they were, they're studs at it. They'll do like maybe one or two amateur fights, maybe, or they just go straight to fucking pro because like it's, you're just at that level. Um, To me, it was a realization mentally that, hey, ooh. Uh, I I've gotten the nerves, like I've gotten everything under control. Like I am now becoming my own warrior in a sense. Like that was when you, when you, when you find yourself and this is all, you know, like everybody has their own time to go or do it on their own. You know, some, some people have coaches and stuff. That's another thing. I've been to so many gyms here in Wisconsin like the most I've longest I've ever been at a gym was like two and a half years. And then I've, I've switched. I've been like seven, six, seven different gyms out here just in, in Wisconsin. So some people, you know, when you're at the same gym forever, the, you know, the coaches know you well enough and then be like, all right, you know, get this one under your belt. And then the next one will look at going pro, you know, your coaches kind of do the judging this and that, um, which that was good combination of like i think i'm ready and then 
the, the coaches at that time uh, was Ironworks out in lacrosse. And talking to those coaches, they also agreed. You find a decent matchup, somebody else who, you know, I'm not going to go pro and then fight somebody who's ready for the UFC or just, you know, the, for that high level. That's another thing. It's like, it's all matchmaking based. Okay, this is your experience level, brand new debut pro. Let's find somebody that's, you know, either coming off of a loss or they're debuting as well, you know, and like the, you, you kind of put your put matches together that way for your pro debut just to see because it's different man now you're kneeing and elbowing people in the face and it's it's different like you you got to be really be ready for it and uh it was it was just the years put in the amount of fights i had uh, i just knew like hey now is now is the time uh went pro i was pro for a little bit and then fucking uh we got hit with that uh covid so like it kind of put a damper on like my growth and just being able to be in the gym being it with with a coach but yeah I mean, what, what did that look like during that time i mean were, could you still access a gym were they like you know uh, social distancing in the space man, or what like, did that look like i was doing all those david goggins challenges and stuff man like i i we weren't able in the beginning you could hit a gym up here and there but then, like I said, you had two months of like no gym. So I like I was running seven miles almost every single day, doing half marathons here and there. I did the Goggins four by four by 48. I was doing push-up challenges, uh, 10 push-ups every minute for three hours, just crazy stuff like that. Um, it was anything I can do to just challenge myself. I did a circuit fitness. Uh, I, I created like a circuit fitness thing, like a, a boot camp style thing. I did that for like five hours straight just to just to push my mind. Uh, yeah, I, it was I used that time to, you know, not be like, oh, I can't be in the gym. But like, what what the fuck can I do? OK, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it a lot and um, worked on mental growth. Uh, played a lot of games. I would train and then I would just go game out. I was, I was in apex a lot at that time. So I was just shooting shit all the time. Wake up in the morning, train, uh, hit the, hit the game, train at night, just by myself. We I had a bag in the basement. Uh, I was doing wrestling drills, all the solo drills that you can do work on footwork. Uh, that's why my footwork's as good as it is. Like I, I really doubled down on all those basics and stuff. Uh, I mean, it was, it was time to like find out who you are, you know, like during COVID when you can't be around other people and you like, for me, like, and I didn't have a job. So it's like, I just got to isolate myself. I got to learn who I am and find out who I am even more. And that's one of the best journeys in life is just learn who you are even more deeper on a deeper level all the time. So, yeah, you, you mentioned the mental part of it quite a bit. And, and that's the one thing I, I write for a website called Bounding in the Sports. And the one thing I've noticed, because I, I cover everything from tennis to football to boxing and yeah. MMA, is that you, you've got a very different mindset between what I call regular athletics and then people who are professional fighters. Because when you look at, you know, a lot of UFC or Bellator fighters, they're not fighting as regularly as other athletes are on the field playing or something. It's yeah. a lot of time in between. It's a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff between them, their partner and their coach. And it's a lot of time to think. How much would you say the mental component is at, at, matters as much as the physical component for a lot of people, because I've seen a lot of folks who want to do it professionally and they look at, you know, exterior, you know, they, they look like they could 
beat somebody up, but they take a few losses. They become undisciplined. It, they didn't have the mental fortitude there. I truly say it's mind, mind over everything, man. When you get to this level, obviously, yeah, it's even, even being able to stay in the gym, even to go to the gym and say, I am not better than the basics. That's mental. To me to go to the gym and, and tell my mid holder that, hey, I just want to work on the jab for a fucking hour. Hey, I want to work on this rear kick. To, tell me tell me how to fix it. Tell me how it looks. Like that's mental. To me, to me, be able to say, okay, learn from everybody. Like I got students I'm teaching and I'm watching them, you know, and it's like I'm trying to either find bad habits or be able to analyze them. You know, it's like it is literally coming down to all mental. I walk around with the coach inside my mind 24-7, whether it's coaching my uh, thought process, uh, the things uh, I say, the things I think, like it's, uh, I'm always coaching, you know? So it's like, it is, it is the, man, it really comes down to the mindset. Cause when you go in there, that that's, that's what you have to answer to. Like you, if I go in there and I'm like, what is he going to do? Like, and that was where I fucked up my last fight. Like, so like, I'm, I'm always evolving, man. My last fight, like we, we were focused on, granted, I had the worst weight cut, the hardest weight cut that I've ever had. It took me like four and a half hours to cut some water weight. It was rough, but my game plan was based off of, well, this guy's a wrestler. I need to do this instead of worrying about what the fuck I'm capable of doing. Like that's a mindset shit. Like, like I, I need to go in there and be the best I can be. What he does, it ain't going to – nothing – that don't matter. It's going to be a fight. Like, so if I'm sitting here worried about what this guy is capable of doing and what he might do, and that was the issue. I was like, what he might do, he never did. He never shot those takedowns. He never – he stood and banged. And then now I – isolated my stand-up because I didn't want to give him kicks to catch. I didn't want to, you know, do certain moves because what if he wrestles me off of it? It's like, dude, none of that matters. You got to go out there and be the best you can be. The best I can be is throwing kicks, uh, knees, elbows. It's, it's wet and wet and loose and getting, getting comfortable in there. And that was a mindset physically, physically, I'm a monster. Physically, that guy's a monster. So what's it going to come down to? It's going to come down to the mindset. What's your thought process? How are you when you get hit? Are you still tough? Like when I get hit, I'm a monster. When I get hit, like I, my, I come in there and fight like I'm a dead man. I'm already dead. I've accepted death when I walk in here. Then that's a mindset thing too, is there's fighters and then there's martial artists. And even in the fighter, it's like, man, there, there's a warrior. Like, I'm, I'm a gladiator. Like, I, I believe I'm at the epitome of what a fighter could ever possibly want to be because I will go out there and die. Like, that, that's this is, this, is, this is me. Like, I'm a fighter. I'm a fucking warrior. Like, my last fight was one of my worst fights because I didn't fight my fight and I had a horrible weight cut. This guy in his best day couldn't put me away. I'm sitting in the back, frustrated. Like in, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, if, if that was the other way around, I would have killed this man. I would have killed this man. No one like the, the, this man obviously did not have that killer instinct. But like in my soul, it's like I just died out there. 
like because because of the way I felt and the way I I just didn't perform like I I died out there. If you'd have turned that tables, I would have ripped that guy's jaw off of his face, like because that's the warrior I am. I, I would kill this man. Like I hope your family's here, like to watch you. And then I'm the gladiator, Viking type shit. Like I'm gonna raid the village. I'm gonna kill the men, and I'm gonna take the women. Like that. That's that's it's and it's all mindset. Like, but like I truly believe that shit. Like I just watched um, UFC fighters Hamza and uh, what's his name just getting into it. Like how they're talking about how they're gangsters and stuff like that. And it's like ideas. Uh, no, uh, Hamza and. Uh, Costo, they okay. just got into it. Yeah. And it's like, it's a mindset thing. All right. So like they're talking about how they're gangsters and stuff. And now this video came out how Hamza is sitting there watching dude. And then he had one buddy by him. And then all of a sudden he gets 10 buddies by him. And now he's going to start bar- barking and shit. Like, Oh, you want to fight? You want to fight? It's like, dude, they don't call yourself a gangster again, man. Cause that was some pussy shit. You're going to wait till 10 dudes are around you to say something. It's like real gangsters, when it comes time to doing some shit, they don't talk about it. They just do it. Like, if you really felt that way about that man, you would have walked in there and killed him right then and there. Like, like, hey, man, we got a problem. Let's go in this room. No cameras. It don't matter who wins. Like, I I, want to fight you and kill you. Like, it's a mindset. So, like, before I even go in the fight, I I go in that cage, like the arena, because we get a step in the cage beforehand. And like I, I Muay Thai stuff. You go and you bless every every corner in there. You know, praying, saying your prayer. And like before I step out that cage, like I, I tell all the gods, I believe in them all, man. I tell the gods, like there's gonna be a sacrifice and it's gonna be paid in blood, whether it's mine or this man. Like I'm gonna give you blood. I'm the greatest warrior to ever be, and you sent me here for this. This is my sole purpose on earth. And then I walk out that cage. Next time I come back in that cage, I've already accepted my fate. It could be death. It could be victoria. It, it, it don't matter. But I think that that's, that's, those are, that, that's the mindset. Like, you got to kill this man. You truly have to kill this man in order to beat him. Even I, taking that ass whooping out like that last fight, man, you should have killed me. Why? Because I'm back better than ever. And now, now I'm a problem. What's, what's the difference between how you react to victory and defeat, because you you mentioned it earlier. You're always trying to get better. You're always trying to develop yourself to be a better fighter each time. You know, when when you had your loss recently and you knew you were going to have another fight coming up soon, you know, how do you respond to that? Did that, did that rattle you? Did, did you have to really, you know, take some time off to think about it? Because when people win, you know, winning is easy. You just go ahead and celebrate the fact that you just beat the shit out of somebody losing i mean that that really shows you a lot about people how they respond to it there are people that just accept it because winning's a bitch winning doesn't winning chooses you you don't always choose winning even if you really want it and you can want it more than the other person what what does that struggle look like when you're like shit i i tried my best or maybe i didn't try my best how do you handle that defeat so it doesn't define you you can go on and keep trying keep pushing it out again once again, mindset, man. It, it's my mind is so fucking powerful. Like I, I pride myself in in where, what I have done mentally and who I've become mentally because losses, like they they hurt at the moment. But I I took that fight. My last fight was on my birthday. Who else would fucking do that? 
Like I, I suffered the day before my birthday, no cake, no nothing. The day of my birthday, really no celebration because like I knew I was about to go to war. Like in my head, I'm like, yo, I could die on my fucking birthday. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm willing to put this all on the line. A lot of people, oh, let's go get drunk and celebrate this and that. No, I want to do what I was born to do on my birthday. And with my mindset, it's like, guess what? I'm still fucking alive. Like that fight didn't, you know, like, that, that, that fight didn't go my fucking way. Guess what? I was back in the gym on fucking Monday. Yeah, I was like, even after that fight, man, I was fucked up. Like there was a time where I was sitting in the back, I was puking blood and shit. Like it was a, it was a rough fight. Um, but with the mindset is like, yo, I'm alive. Like, what am I like? How long am I going to bitch about that fucking fight? We got, we got, we got work to do. We, I got two more fights on this contract. I need to put in fucking work. I just need to get better. Let's analyze. Let's watch the fight. Let's see what went wrong. Like, like it's, it's never, to me, it's like the fight's kind of like a, just a test, you know, like I do it. Cause I like, I love to fucking fight, man. No, yeah. I don't, you know, get my ass whooped like that. It sucks. But like knowing that, knowing that I'm still alive means I get to get better. And so that, that was it. Like it was, it's the past. Like the, the minute it was fucking done, it was already over. I go fucking celebrate with my family. Cause it was still my birthday. Like, so like that kind of like in, in a way that helped. And I addressed the loss immediately on, uh, on my Instagram or whatever it may have been. Like, like oh, so where you had all the blood everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, absolutely. I was in the, I was in the ambulance when I took that video or made that post. And uh, stuff. that was hardcore. Dude, I, I'm a man, like a fucking real a gangster. Like I handle shit the way it needs to be handled and I handle it immediately. Like I ain't going to run from this shit. So I got my fucking ass whooped and it wasn't my fucking night. The dude should have killed me. I still went back to the hotel and clapped my girl's cheeks. So it's like, did, did dude really beat me that bad? Like I'm still out here celebrating on my birthday, bro. Like I was more mad that I was stuck in the hospital waiting for them to give me the fucking head scan results so I could go back and see my family. Like that was the only thing I ever got mad about that night. So I'm sitting in a hospital bed like, man, all my boys at the strip club, my family's back at the Airbnb. And it's like, I'm stuck here. It's like, I have my girl with me, but it's like, man, I, I don't want to be stuck in this room anymore. And then, like I said, Monday I was back in the gym. What's next? All right. I couldn't hit stuff. You know, I was still sore and stuff, but I was working on my footwork, working on my movement, watching the fights and teaching. And it's like, it. Uh, who is it? Les Brown says, man, if you're going to fall down, fall on your backs. If you can look up, you can get up. That, that's it. Every, every single day is an opportunity to get better. If I'm going to hold on to the past and what happened in the past, it's going to stop me from getting better in the future. Like, like I said, all I do, my mornings are full of like, philosophers uh scientists um stoic affirmations you know like warrior quotes uh the way of the samurai like it's like i'm trying to trying to be as you know the most peaceful warrior that there's ever met been like and the, and the warrior is, is what i'm capable of doing with my hands but the, the peace is in the mind you know so this episode comes out a couple of weeks before your next fight. Can you give us a little bit of a preview? What what are you doing differently? Have you done any research on your opponent? What what's that going to look like? Yeah, so um, with the whole opponent thing, it's like I it 
like and the, and the hair color changed too. Uh, I don't know if you followed Dragon Ball Z. Um, the G just got a new form. It's called Ultra Ego. So like it, it's just it's me falling in uh, falling into more of uh, who I am and, and believing in myself. Because uh, a backstory, it's like after taking uh, all the losses I did as an amateur and stuff like that. You know, like it's it's you stop you know stop believing that you're 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 the shit. But when you think about it, I came from nothing and. And now I am the shit. Like it's an so, evolution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I stopped giving a fuck what this man is gonna do. All I did, all I did was start sharpening up my skills. I've been in uh different gyms, been in boxing gyms, been wrestling. Like it's just like I said, and I'm not just trained for this guy. Uh, I'm just trained to be better. This guy is gonna have to deal with the new me. Like that, that's just it. Like I, I didn't do this for this camp. I did this for life and to get better, you know? So like I've been in Olympic level coaching boxing gyms, uh, like with Israel Shorty, who was, uh, in the Olympics and coaching the Olympics boxing team since, uh, the, the strike, the, the Olympic strike in boxing. Like, so like, I mean, super long time. So I've been a, a gym like that. I've been wrestling nonstop, um, grappling, grappling with, uh, Mark Lehman, uh, an under Mark Lehman, which is yeah, that jujitsu. That, is, that is, sounds is, fucking fun. Uh, Judo elite. Scott. Yeah. Um, yep. Scott, yeah. they're, dude, they're all monsters. So it's yeah. like, I'm just every single day is what can I do to get better? I come home. I take notes on the stuff I did. Um, I'm watching Muay Thai videos every single day so I can coach and be a better coach. Um, I know, like, I know this guy's going to want to come fight. You know, he's like, what we do know about him is that he's a brawler. Um, so like, here's how we, like, I told my coaches, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to go into the fight blind to what this guy might have for strengths. Let's say I decide to wrestle him. And we find out, well, the dude's got six guillotines. So, like, let's just be careful on those, you know, like, just watch where your head is, you know, like, just, just, uh, or, you know, watching guard because this guy has attempted 30 arm bars in the last five fights or something like that. Like, just to, like, hey, coaches, watch just to see if there's any super strengths, super, something super noticeable. If not, cool. I don't, I don't need to know nothing then. A week ago, I'm like, hey, now I want you guys to watch him and find holes in his game. And that's it. If he does something in more than two fights, that's a flaw. If he does something in his most recent fight and he does something in one of his older fights, it's a habit. Um, just look for stuff like that. And then if it happens in the fight again, I don't need to know the stuff right now. I don't need to know the stuff. But as a coach, I want you to know it. So when you see it happen again, you can come to me and we can capitalize on it. You know, like otherwise, otherwise, man, if you start thinking about, well, he does this and he does that. And then what happens if, you know, like that's why I got onto the last fight and then none of that shit came. And then now I was still stuck in my head. I was a soldier. I already got hit. So I was just going to be a soldier and stick to the game plan. Well, the game plan didn't fucking work after the first round, you know, like it. Sasha switched up, but when you're concussed, you just do what, do what you're fucking, you know, bred to fucking doing. But I was sticking to that game plan. So this fight, man, 
all I'm doing is going out there to be the best I could possibly be. And that's going to fuck this dude up. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. And I'll include a link so people can go ahead and watch it live as well. One thing you mentioned a moment ago is Muay Thai. There's a big That's reason cool. why I wanted to have you on because people have to support each other. You're actually raising the funds right now to travel all the way from here to motherfucking Thailand. Yes, sir. To go learn Muay Thai there. So right off the bat, there, there, there are no good Muay Thai instructors here. Why are you going all the way over there to learn it? Man, it's the art of eight limbs, man. Like, you want to go right to the source, right? Like, it, anybody who knows Muay Thai here, anybody that says they're a good Muay Thai teacher, they had to have learned it from somebody there. Somewhere through the connection, they learned it from there. Otherwise, they don't have good Muay Thai, plain and simple. Like, I go to all these other gyms, and it's like, Dude, if your fighters are not good at throwing teeps, your Muay Thai is shit. Like, I'll like it's just plain and simple. I'll say it to your face. You go to Thailand, there the the teep is the fucking it, it translate to foot jab. Like, if you don't have a good teep, like as a boxer, you gotta have a good fucking jab. Your jab's your setup. Your jab's your everything. You hide behind your jab. You you know you fight behind your jab. A lot of boxers are taught it. As a Muay Thai fighter, as a Muay Thai, if you're going to preach Muay Thai, you better have a good team. And then you better have knees and elbows. You better have a good clinch. You know, it's like there's, there's really not, it's not much, not really much out here, man. It's like I've, I want to go learn from, dude, these guys. Last, I went there a while ago, um, right, uh, probably like two, three, three years ago, I went there. And, uh, I was waking up in the morning going for six mile runs and there's like seven year olds running with tires, man. These kids are being born, realizing that this is what they want to do at such a young age. And then their families are sending them to these Muay Thai gyms for the rest of their life from seven years old on. They fight every fucking weekend. By the t- I was training with a 14-year-old boy who had 72 fights. There's no amateurs and there's no oh, pros. Fuck. It's it's experience. So when you have 70 some fights and then you get to like a hundred, then you get to the uh, the more uh, the higher up, you know. But like 14 years old, he was going for his like 72nd fight or something like that. This kid was on the bag. I was taking class. This kid was on the bag for two hours. He was either throwing knees constantly nonstop nonstop for an hour and then he did an hour of jumping rope like dude america is fucking soft like and i can't wait there as a warrior as a true warrior that i am like i can't wait to go there and be around other warriors like true warriors like this kid that's all he fucking knew fighting for his entire life for his entire life that's all he's ever known is fighting like that's why i want to go there like that's it this is like can you imagine if you just wrapped your mind around one thing for your entire life how good you're going to be at that one thing you know these kids it's amazing i've I've only seen a couple of actual muay thai fights uh online and and, i mean you have people like they're they're putting it all out there it's a different level of curiosity because it's not like when you watch professional mma matches here it has a different level of intensity to it that i can't really put words to oh absolutely man it's like 
when when they're when you don't have to worry about wrestling and these guys are just kicking, kicking, knee, elbows coming forward, chopping people up, bossing them up, or like the when they do their hand wraps and they wrap their hands in ropes and they fight like that. Sanchai has like a hundred fights like that. Like you're you're wrapping your hands with ropes and you're just clubbing each other like Dude, that is some that's some gangster shit. Fighting all the time. Like Sanchez got like 300 and some fights. You know, you're gonna tell me I gotta go do we learn Muay Thai from a coach don't you know that's been out here that's only got fucking 10 fights that watches some stuff on YouTube. No, man, I want to go learn from these guys that have 300 some fights that have been doing it at their 40 now, you know, fighting still in their 40s because they believe in longevity and they don't have a bunch of processed food keep destroying their fucking bodies so they can do it. They stretch and they take care of their bodies. So they can do it for, for a really long time. Like th- those, are, those are the people I want to be around. That's- well, Gary, what I'm going to do is go ahead and send me the link to your uh, fundraiser after this. I'll include it in the show notes, but folks um, I'm going to go ahead and put a hundred dollars towards this because I, I want to see you go the distance you know, people have to support each other. So I'm hoping that other people will try and match me on that because you're not asking for much. I mean, what was the total you were asking for? It was only about 1100, 1200 bucks. Uh, the, the total, I think is 25. Okay. 2,500. 20, 2, yeah. Well, yeah. If, if we can get 25 people donate a hundred dollars, we can go ahead and get you there, but I'm going to go ahead and put in a hundred dollars after you send me the link and I'll include it in the show notes. Uh, Gary, great opportunity to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on and speaking to me and my audience, answering all my dumb questions and everything. Hey, if, people want, if people want to, you know, keep up with you, follow your journey and everything. I think you're one of the most entertaining fighters on Instagram. I say that as a digital marketing professional, keep up the good work on that. How can they keep up with you? Um, I am on Instagram, uh, Playboy. It's uh, with an I, P L A Y B O I underscore G underscore Gary underscore Conkle. So Playboy G Gary Conkle is on there. Or you might be able to just type in Gary Conkle and it might just come up. Um, honestly, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. I love doing stuff like this. And, um, it, yeah, it connects the community. Um, I'm like I said, I'm am an energy person, and this is just you know spreading love. We get to sit down, we get to communicate. Communication is is a is a, to me is a high sign of love, man. We we get to connect, we get to understand each other, and anybody watches, you know, they get to understand us. They we get to bring them closer into our journey as well. So I really appreciate it, and I appreciate your time, man. Well. Gary, uh, we'll have to have you on again, especially when you get back from Thailand, because we'll get you there. And I want to hear about that. Absolutely, Uh, man. Thank you so much, dude. Hey, appreciate you, man. For real. Folks, if you enjoy conversations like this and you want to have more every Monday, please go ahead and do me a favor. Uh, you know, subscribe to the show, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can go ahead and find us across Al Gore's amazing internet. We're there. And if you really love us, it costs you nothing, but it means everything to me. A five-star rating and review helps people know about the good vibes we're putting out into the internet. As always, be safe, be good. Good night. Good night.